Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. Welcome back. You know, it seems like yesterday when we had our last Mike Bell Real Estate Show. It does. So welcome back to the show. Uh, This is Abby Navarrete, and I'm here with Mike Bell in our Pasadena studio for the next hour. Mike is a licensed California real estate broker at Keller Williams International here in Pasadena. I am his client care director for the Michael Bell sales team. Uh, Mike is one of the top residential agents in the nation. He's been selling for about 20 years. And so here we are with segment five of the topic, the best questions to ask your agent. I think we're going to be able to wrap up. uh, Not this one. I think we're going to have to do segment one more six to finish this all off. Yay. (laughs) Well, as a reminder, this is a call in show, so we can be reached at 888-GO-FOR-IT. So that's 888-463-6748. Again, that's 888-463-6748. You can reach Mike uh, through email, mikebell at kw.com. His website is michaelbellteam.com. And personal cell phone is 888-401-1555. And you can find him easily on the web. So on our last question in segment four. It was, oh, wait, I want to ask you a question. Okay. What do you think of the music? The music? Uh, intro music. Yeah. A little it, like rock and roll riff It's like a little, uh, little Zeppelin-ish. Yeah. You like Led Zeppelin? I do like it. It's like cashmere-ish. <laughs> That's why I picked it. I thought it was pretty cool. No, I do like it. Everybody likes it. I'm happy. Yeah. Kind it of always, doesn't always happen in my life. No? Not everybody likes what I, <laughs> yeah, what I well. like. <laughs> no, I like it. It's good. All right, I good. keep it. A little so. validation. Make me feel good today. Okay. So let's see. Uh, last time we were talking yeah. about how to handle multiple offers. Think, yeah. Yes. And I think we close that off. Oh, you know, there was actually a, a quick one of the things I wanted to wrap up on when we had the show last week was, you know, my philosophy when you're giving off when you're when you're, if you're selling a property and even if you're a buyer out there and you want to buy, I think everybody deserves a second chance. If you write an offer, I believe that you should give all the potential buyers um, a, another chance with a counteroffer. Mm hmm. And I'll, get, I'll tell you a, a really great story. We had a house in South Pasadena that we sold. It was actually the first house I ever sold in South Pasadena. This is over a decade ago. It was a big, beautiful craftsman on Mission Street. And we were asking 750000 We wound up getting five offers on the property. Okay. And all of them were around seven fifty, except okay. for one. And there was one at six eighty five. Oh, And the okay. sellers were like, let's work with the top four. Okay. And I said, you know... It's not more work, really not much more work for me to do, to give everybody an opportunity. But I told him, you just never know. You just never know. You know, if somebody's going to write an offer on a property, it's, it's a lot of work to write an offer. Right. I mean, it could take three or four hours to sit at somebody's dining room table and put together an offer. You know, a lot, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of paperwork. They're not going to do it unless they really like the house. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So it's really about price. And everybody has a price in mind. Mm-hmm. But you never know how high a buyer will go. I believe, my philosophy as a real estate broker, and I've seen, I prove this all the time, you never know how high they'll go, but you have to encourage buyers and you have to give them an opportunity. Okay. And I don't think it's fair to just say your first offer, that's your final and best. Mm -hmm. Do a counteroffer. It's not that much work to give a counteroffer. 
And a lot of people think you can't give a counteroffer if they gave if they already offer you the full price. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. You, at least in California, yeah, you don't have to take it. Depends on the listing contract that you have, but the standard contract that we have doesn't say that you have to take it. Right. But that six eighty five, um, we gave them an opportunity. They're the ones that actually bought it, and we want to. I created a bidding war, oh, which really? is great for the seller. The buyer is very happy. He still lives in the house 10 years later. I'm actually friends with him. His name is Kenny. But they want to pay, I think it's sold for like 780 or 785. Oh, wow. So he went almost, a, it, was, it, was a, it wasn't 785. It was right around $100,000. He Over. bounced up. He went up. <gasps> From his original offer. And he blew everybody else out. Of, basically, he blew everybody else out of the water. He was about 10 grand um, higher than everybody else. But you know, you never would have known. And the seller if told me not. chance. The seller's telling me how to do my job. Well, it's my job to tell them how they, I can make them more money. Right. And they, I'm glad they agreed with me, so we did it. So anyways, that's, that's my philosophy is give all potential buyers a chance. If you're a buyer on one of my listings, <laughs> and even if there's 40 offers, well, there's no 40 offer. We haven't had that, but uh, I'm going to probably, yeah, we've had it close, but I'm going to, my recommendation to the seller is always give everybody an opportunity. So yeah. anyways, let's, let's go to the first question. All right. So the first question in this segment, uh, can you recommend other professionals that you trust? Let's say inspectors, lenders, attorneys, estate sale people if needed. Yeah. Um, I get asked this all the time. And I think any agent that's selling a lot of properties ought to be able to refer mm-hmm. good people. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm sure this is the same for most people. And who I re- refer is a reflection of me. You know, I, I get lawyers, accountants, lenders, home warranty people, trash haulers, I get um, painters, contractors, inspectors. Um, they all ask me for referrals. Right. They all come to me saying, hey, if you have a client that needs us, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. We'd love them. So I get that all the time. Um, termite companies, escrow companies, title representatives. I mean, you actually field most of the phone calls, Abby. Oh, yes. How do you like that? That's pretty fun. Get to know everybody. That's so nice. Such a good attitude. <laughs> Moving companies. There's, we had somebody call a few months ago. They clean rain gutters. You know, it's kind of good to know. Yeah, it's good to have. Um, window washers. Um, I even, you know, everybody is kind of hitting me up for... I guess my leads, my clients, because yeah. I know they know my clients are asking. I even had a, I just got a haircut yesterday and I went to a party over the weekend and there was this guy there that uh, he, he cuts, he cuts haircuts. He does haircuts for Hollywood types. And oh. like it was interesting the way he's, he was trying to sell me on the idea that I should buy a package of haircuts from him or a like a beauty upgrade or I don't know what, the way he, the idea is that if somebody buys one of my houses, I can um, thank them uh-huh. by giving them a bunch of gift certificates or something like that to get a makeover and a oh, haircut. I thought that was, you know, that's that was. pretty neat. Well, I don't know. Hey. What does it say? Does it say they're ugly? I mean, I don't, is that, it no, seems like an inappropriate. it's just a nice perk. Like, hey, pamper yourself a little bit. Treat yourself. What if they're really, um. Uh, what if they really need it? Then they're going to, would they get insulted? Would you get insulted if, I don't know. To what, get like a little spa treatment or? Yeah. Nope. I would definitely use it. Well, I'm still not over it, but. I don't know. Maybe guys might think it's weird, but. But the thing is, <clears throat> we get, we get a lot of phone calls from people mm-hmm. and it's tough for me to refer 
these people out. It's, it's very, very difficult because it's a direct reflection of me. Yeah. If the painter screws up or the plumber screws up, it's, I, I get it. Yeah. It's a reflection you, of me. Mm-hmm. That so, makes sense. And it can have serious legal consequences. So I'm very, very careful. I mean, over the years, I've gone through a lot of painters. For whatever reason, I go through a different painter every three years, it seems like. Um, oh, my goodness. There's a lot of people. I mean, the, the one guy I've had for my entire career is a guy named Larry. He had a termite company. Larry passed away. So sad. Yeah. Larry passed away about three months ago. But he was, he was fantastic because he would, I mean, he'd make me look great. Yeah. And he would do a great job. And everybody's happy. And that's what you want. Yeah. My second longest is actually this guy named Ariel, who's a plumber, licensed plumber and electrician. He's been great. And then we also have, uh, you've, you've met Janina. Yeah. Um, she's our house cleaner. She mm-hmm. works with her daughter. She's, she's tough. She's tough yeah, lady. She's, she's great. She's great. She's oh, fantastic. Yeah. And everybody loves it. After she goes through the house, they, they're like, wow, I can't believe how great that is. And that's great. It makes me look great. I want that, but I want them to be really happy. Mm-hmm. But it's taken years and years and years to find these people. Oh, yeah. And I think it's just another reason why, if you're going to work with anybody in the nation, work with somebody who sells a lot because they yeah. probably have a better database yes, than the average realtor. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so I'm, and it's, it's, I can't believe how long it's taken me to amass these great people. But I, we treat them really well. Yes. Um, they treat me really well. So anyways, that's. Yeah, it reflects well on you and the whole team. So, all right. Did I answer the question? Yes. yes. The answer is if you need a plumber or electrician or you know, Anyone, give me really. a holler, yeah. I can help you out. Okay. Well, let's go on to the next question. What percentage of your business is based on referrals? Okay. I think this is a fair question to ask your real estate agent. Yeah. There are some agents that advertise a lot and they get a lot of business from advertising mm-hmm. and, uh, but you, I don't know. For me, you got to wonder: Are they why? Why aren't they getting referrals? Mm-hmm. Why do Some, they have to advertise? Yeah. So we don't advertise really much at all. The advertising we do actually, we advertise the properties like crazy. And the but my I don't my picture is not bigger than the picture of the property. Right. And my information is not bigger than the address to the property. I'm pushing the property. That's what I want to yeah. really push. But. Sure. At the end of the day, I'm still pushing myself. I get it. But I would say for me, it's about 90% referrals, 90% referrals. Cause mm-hmm. we get, we get, you hear the phone calls that yeah. come in. These Some, so-and-so told me to, mm-hmm. so-and-so told me to call Mike Bell. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, that's great. You know, that's, that's really nice. And I, I think, um, it's, it's almost like a handyman. You know, I, I have a hard time working with a handyman or a contractor that has to advertise. Yeah. You know, that makes complete sense. I think it even seem like as an attorney, I would think that's the same thing. I, I would have a hard time. Uh, I guess it would be different if maybe if you have a DUI. <laughs> you know, maybe you don't want to start asking for referrals. Yeah. But um, I would think that I, I'll tell you that the top agents, it doesn't matter where you go in the nation. The top agents, their, their primary source of business, of, the, of their clients is referral. I'm a, absolutely positive. Now there are going to be some people that go, wait a minute. There's, you know, there are always there's always something a little bit different out there. Sometimes there there are some yeah. agents that just they spend twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars on mailers, um, marketing, or they, other other kind of but, out there. But um, 
referrals are free. Word of mouth. You know, word mm -hmm. of mouth is free. And I think that's the, I think, uh, I think that if you ask this question to a real estate agent, and if they can say at least 50% right. of their business is referral, uh, you've got yourself somebody pretty good. Yeah. Well, that says a lot that somebody would actually recommend saying, yes, please give him a call. All right. Next so, question. All right. Next one. Uh, can I call your past 50 clients? I think that's a fair question. Um, we have, after we close a transaction, I always ask the client if they wouldn't mind writing a few lines, a few sentences about their experiences working with me. Okay. And, um, and then I ask if we can um, use that in our marketing. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to our website, michaelbellteam.com, you'll see them. We have, a I don't know how lot. many are in there. I don't know. A lot of referrals. A lot of testimonials. Maybe there's a hundred. I don't, I really, I, I should know this number, but I don't know. <laughs> Cause we just keep, we just put them. We just we keep, keep adding it. In. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I also give the cell phone numbers of my past clients, but they're, you're not going to find them on my website. Well, no, that wouldn't be too that, good. That's, yeah, that's not something. But there it is, it's folks' first and last names. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, whoever you're working with, they ought to be able to provide at least a dozen uh, first and last names and phone numbers. And I think it's important to call those people. Yeah. I would. I mean, you were going to be selling a house for... 300,000 and the commission is around 6%, you're, you're, you're spending $18,000. That's a huge decision. Yeah. You're spending 18, and you know what the thing is, it doesn't matter who you hire, for the most part, we're all the same price. Yeah. So why not find the best one? You're right. And so I think that the top agent ought to be able to do that. It shouldn't be a big problem. Yeah be able to give testimonials from previous clients. Okay. All right. Let's go on to the next question. What's your pricing marketing philosophy 30, 60, 90 days down the road? Well, it depends on the market. It depends on the, the, the kind of property that you have. And this kind of goes back to one of the questions we had last week. It talks about pricing strategy. Oh, so yeah. it really kind of depends. Uh, I, I believe if I remember right, we were talking about a piece of land that we're trying to sell right now. It's been on the market for over 90 days. Right. But I'm not worried about it. It's land. It's land. It just takes a long time to yeah. sell. And it's out there and it's getting a lot of looks. It's, people are kicking the tires, so to speak. <laughs> uh, we've had a few people go down to the city, uh, of city of L.A. It's in the city of L.A. Yeah. To find out a little bit about zoning and building requirements and, and all those other things you have to deal with. So I'm not too worried about it. I told our client, maybe, maybe you need to worry about it after 120 days if we don't wow. get any offers. Yeah. But we have a ways to go on that. Um, let's, let's pick up on this question. Okay. So we'll just go into a break. When we, when we go into the break. Okay. Yeah. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We were right in the middle of the question, uh, what's your pricing marketing philosophy when it comes to 30, 60, 90 days down the road? Actually, when I wrote this question, it's been a few years and the market has really changed. And maybe we would, I would change that to uh, what is my marketing philosophy? 15, 30 days and maybe 
60 days down the road. And the reason why I say that, it really depends. It depends on the market. But in our marketplace, and this is actually probably the marketplace in most places in the nation, because mm-hmm. uh, your best buyers come in the, the very beginning and after the first two weeks, a lot of most, for, and we're just talking about a typical normal, normal. properties. Yeah. Okay. We're not talking about a $10 million property. We're not mm-hmm. talking about uh, land. We're not talking about something that's a, sh- a short sale or foreclosure or we're nothing, not ta- really talking unusual. about just a regular, mm-hmm. the, the average house, uh, your, your, the most in- interest that you get in the house is going to be in the first two weeks. Yes. And after that, it dies down because buyers look at that and they think it's a little bit old. Um, it's an older listing. Yeah. They're looking for the fresh stuff. They figure if nobody's jumped on it and if it's not something an escrow. Something might be wrong. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong with the price. Something's wrong with the seller. Something's wrong with the property. There's something wrong with the realtor. I don't Got know. It. But a lot of people don't want to make that guess. And so it's a little bit easier for them to get enticed by a brand new listing that pops yeah. up. Mm-hmm. So your activity just is, it's at its peak. And that's when, you know, you, you, we do this all the time. When we put a property on the market, it's a big splash. And that's very, very important. Yes. The sign goes up, the website goes up, the custom sign goes up. It gets on Zillow, Trulia, Realtor. Realtor.com is a showcase ad. Uh, the photos are fantastic. We have mm-hmm. a layout. We, have, we do all the bells and whistles that we're supposed to do. Everything we're supposed to do, all it all goes up on the once. same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we know when people are shopping, everything is so fast with the internet. Yeah. And everybody has the, there's so many different websites out there that have these auto prospect or the data pools where you can enter in, you know, your search parameters and it'll email you something as it pops, as it pops in. Well, some agents, unfortunately, they'll list a property and they may not get the photos for two or three days. Oh, then there's that delay. There's a delay. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Just you keep checking? No, eventually you just well, move on. That's, it, 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 it's very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult. So you've just kind of, you know, you've really kind of messed up because your first showing is online. Yeah. The first showing used to be when somebody drives by your house and goes in the house or maybe the open house. Your first showing is online. So the photos need to be fantastic. Everything's got to be great because our job as real estate salespeople is to get them in the house. Mm -hmm. They're going to make the decision in the house, but we need to get them into the house. We don't want them making a judgment call in their pajamas at night on the computer. Yeah, before they even set foot in there. We don't want that. Mm -hmm. We want them to get in their car and drive over and take a look and get inside the living room and say, oh, you know, imagine their family there and fall in love with the place enough that they want to write an offer. Right. That's our job. Makes sense. Okay. So I would say at 15 days, these days, the marketing philosophy and the pricing philosophy, after 15 days, usually if you don't have good activity, and what I mean by activity is it's a number of things. Phone calls. Um, it's, it's mainly phone calls and email inquiries. Yeah. If you're not getting any after two weeks, it, that's, that could be a problem. Yeah. Something might. And maybe you stretch it to 30 days and see what happens. But usually if, if your agent is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's really on the multiple listing service and it's on all these portals and it's really out there and anybody can find it. Mm-hmm. There's usually a, there's, there's a problem usually with the price. I hate to say it. Yeah. It's usually with the price. And a lot of times you just have to drop the price or adjust it. Yeah. And not, you know, you don't have to do anything huge or substantial, but just enough so it pops on, pops up on people's radar screens. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. 
Now, this is another this is another phenomenon, interesting thing that happens. And you don't want to be this kind of a home seller. It's tough being a home. Say, for example, you have a house that's worth four hundred thousand, but you as a seller, maybe you think it's worth four twenty five or four fifty, and you just decide to put a big high price on it. Oh my goodness. Thinking or the the rationale is that they can always write an offer lower, which doesn't always happen. We talked about this. Yes. But what happens is agents will use your house that's priced at four fifty to sell the house down the street. And the idea is that I'll go show that house. This will agents will do this. They'll show a house and say, hey, look, this guy wants four hundred and fifty thousand for the house. But the house down the street is four hundred thousand. Okay. The house down the street's a better deal. <gasps> yeah. But if you're the owner of the four hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, you just got used. Yeah. So what what does happen on overpriced properties is that they still get showings. But they're not necessarily showings for somebody to buy. It's just to compare. You're just being used. Yeah. So uh, that's another reason why I think it's really important. Whoever you hire to sell your house, they should be calling the other realtors that have done showings and ask for feedback. Yeah. And we do it all the time. Yeah, we do. And a lot of them will just be honest and they'll say, well, I showed your house because... I was trying to sell the house down the street and it just seems like yours is overpriced and basically they're using us. And that's, yeah. that's just the, it's just the, the reality of real estate. Mm -hmm. But that's what we need sometimes. It's just the feedback. That's what we need the feedback. And mm -hmm. so that, and we get the feedback back. Yeah. We just say, well, this is what the realtor said. Yeah. This is their name and their phone number. I guess if you can, I always offered it. Hey, if, if you don't believe me, go call the real estate agent. They'll tell I, you. I, mm -hmm. Nothing to hide. So, but after you know, after 60 days on a, a relatively, you know, stable market. Yeah. After 60 days, if, if you're not getting any offers, I think, it, I think any realtor that's listening here, would all, they'd all shake their heads right now saying that it's probably overpriced. Yeah, need to change that. And at that point. Now, sometimes the best thing to do, we had a property. We have a property right now. We have that condo yes. that we're selling. Yeah. And it's a probate. And a probate means somebody passed without a will. Yeah. And the gentleman that owned it, he passed away inside the house. He wasn't old, really old. He wasn't really young. He was in his 50s. But um, in California, if somebody passed away inside the house or on the property, it says, you have to disclose it. Of course. So it's not something like we disclose up. I mean, we disclose it. But it's not the yeah. first line of the, uh, the marketing comments. Right. But it is... It is uh, the agents that are showing it, um, if they're interested, the next step is for them to call or an email inquiry and we're yeah. upfront about it. Oh, yes. So you'd be sensitive about it. Mm -hmm. But most people don't want to buy it. It's just been a toughie. That's yeah. been a tough property. The other, the, the hard parts about that property also to sell is that, well, first of all, it's a probate. So probate, turns, probate properties turn people off because they... Well, the and, process is different. Well, there's a lot of different process. There's two different kinds of probates when you sell. One one has to go to court, mm -hmm. and that could take four or five months total. And then you have a there's another kind of probate here in California, which goes relatively quickly. Yeah. But the idea is that um, you see a property and you see it's a probate sale, and you, the initial thing is somebody died in it. Right. And you don't even inquire about it. Because we have, we've sold many probates where nobody passed in the property. Yeah. They passed in the hospital and they were just on, uh, they were in a care facility for years. Yeah. And 
So nobody passed away in the property in the last three years. Yeah. The funny thing is that we live in Pasadena. The, the majority of the housing stock in Pasadena was built prior to World War II. The majority. Okay. I live in a 1914 home. In my neighborhood, we, we have, we're in a historic neighborhood. We have, 100 and, we have 1,100 homes. We have the highest concentration of craftsman bungalows in Pasadena. It's a really cool area. But I would say the average bungalow, I would say they were built, I mean, they're built anywhere between before, just before the turn of the century up okay. until, I would say the majority of them were up to about 1930. Wow. Okay. okay. Guess, guess what? People pass away in houses. Yeah. In my house, I know that four people have passed away in, in my house. Oh, wow. I had, a, I, had a his, I had a historian, a local historian, came come over to the house, and we researched, he did a whole bunch of research, and, and uh, I was really interested in, in mm -hmm. the history of the house. Mm -hmm. And it's not that big of a deal. It was a husband and wife that passed away. Okay. Um, I guess old age in the 40s. Okay. And then there was a, a gal, she passed away, she had cancer in one of the bedrooms okay. in the uh, 80s. And then my house was a probate that I bought, and it was her uh, niece that passed away uh, in the dining room. And oh, okay. It was all, I guess, I don't know what you say, natural causes, but it wasn't like, there was no murders or anything right. like that. But the thing is, is that people pass away in homes all the time, mm -hmm. but it's interesting how people, yeah. all of a sudden, they won't buy a property because somebody passed away in the last three years. Yeah. I don't know. Do ghosts go away after three years? Are there ghosts? I don't know. Our house isn't weird. <laughs> Nothing. No <laughs> haunting or anything. <laughs> weird things happening. But I just think it's funny because, you know, this. I would say in, in Pasadena, I would bet that at least half of the houses somebody's passed away in. At, at least some point. Right. Half of all of the houses. Yeah. I mean, even throw in the stuff that was built in 1980, even the new stuff that people pass away in homes. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So anyways, to, uh, let me, let's go back to this property. So this property that we're trying to sell the condo, gentleman passed away in the house. Um, and also on the first floor of the condo, there's no bathroom. All the bathrooms are upstairs. upstairs. So it's a two bed, two bath condo. It's very cute. It's at the end of a complex. It's mm -hmm. very, very quiet. It has an yeah. attached garage. So you drive into the garage and you walk up some stairs and you have a you know, front room, kitchen, but there's no bathroom. Oh. And then you have to go up another flight of stairs and you have two bed, two bath. Yeah. And that's the toughie is most people want to have a bathroom. Downstairs. Downstairs mm -hmm. off the kitchen. And I don't know why the developer that built it in the I don't know, 70s or 80s never did it. But so on that property... What we wound up doing is we took it off the market very quickly. Okay. And we redid all of our marketing, the words and everything. Mm -hmm. And then we hired another professional photographer. Yeah. The, the same photographer went out and we reshot the house. Yes. And we did all just kind of different angles because I just, for me, it just needed a fresh start. Yeah. And we just put it into escrow, but it took about a month to get it into escrow. Yeah. But yeah, we put it in escrow. Daniel's looking at me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put an escrow just below the asking price. Very good buyer. They're fine with everything. So, yeah, yeah. But I'll bet you my commission that they would not have bought it if we just kept the marketing the same. So, if you're listening and your house has been on the market for more than 60 days, tell yeah. your real estate agent to go reshoot the photos. Yeah. And it needs to be refreshed. Yeah, maybe you just change the description a little bit. And honestly, if they're not willing to do it, it uh, refresh the realtor. Yeah. 
get a new realtor because the new realtor will take new photos because they have to. Mm -hmm. They can't use the old photos. Exactly. But it needs to be refreshed. So that's my philosophy. Okay. And you know what? In, and on this property, we just do what it takes. But if it needed, if it needed more, if we needed to have to take it off the market and reshoot it again, yeah, we would have done. Yep. But anyways. And we'll go to a break. All Come right, right back. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Uh, let's see. I think we're about to roll yeah. into another question, right? Go for it. Okay. These are uh, all on our website, by the way. Let's see. The next question. Uh, can you yeah. tell me about the inspection process? Like, what are the many renegotiation strategies that are available to me? All right. So, what? In California, and I'm sure it's the same in most of every other state, if you write an offer, the seller accepts it, mm -hmm. and you have, at least out here, we have, we're in escrow, or it just means that you have an accepted offer. Yeah. And then you typically, you have, as a buyer, you have a certain amount of time to do inspections, and you're allowed to do reasonable inspections. That's what it says on our contract. Yeah. Reasonable, so. I think the idea is it would be unreasonable to start digging around the foundation, <laughs> you know, and opening up, you know, tearing panels off walls and yeah. stuff like that. So what typically happens is that most buyers, they'll hire a, a, a general inspector. Okay. And out here, it costs about $300, $350. Uh, there's no requirement that I, I'm aware of that you hire, uh, that you have to hire one. Or I've, I've had clients that have a brother who's a plumber and they, they decided to use their brother oh, as really? a plumber who's, who's, who has a, a contractor's license, essentially. Oh, okay. They're licensed and they'll do an inspection. They'll, obviously, they'll do one over the plumbing, but he'll, they'll look at everything. Okay. And that's the buyer's prerogative. They can do, use whoever they want. Um, but a, a general inspection, they'll go through all the systems of the house. They'll test the, they'll look at the plumbing, electrical, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. roof, foundation, they should um, even run the appliances. They should turn the dishwasher on. They should um, turn all the faucets on. They'll they'll test the water pressure. Yeah. And but it's not very invasive. I mean, they don't you know they don't dig up pipes and stuff like that. But yeah. all these pipes and things like that, they do show evidence of. You know, they'll tell you a lot because mm -hmm. the, there's the pipe has to go into the house somewhere. Yeah. So you can figure out pretty quickly what kind of a pipe it is, how long it's probably how long it's been there. Uh -huh. You can also. The buyer, if they want, they can go down to the city any, or the municipality. And a lot of times they can go online and check permits. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things they can do. Now, I'm, I'm not aware of a, a, a property inspector that'll go and do all of that. I would assume they would. But a general inspector out here, I mean, we're, you know, it's, it's, we're relatively sophisticated. And, and it's the inspectors that I see on the listings that we have most of them show up with a digital camera and a computer yeah. and a little portable printer. Yeah. And they'll put together their inspection report right there. And a lot of times they'll print it out or they'll at least they'll, they'll create the report and they'll email it to everybody with digital photos, with color right. photos. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then what happens from there is maybe, the, maybe, the, maybe something came up that the buyer just wasn't aware of. Okay. And they decide they want to back out or they want something fixed. Okay. Or at least they're aware. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a foundation crack. Maybe okay. nobody knew about it. Um, 
most homeowners don't know about their own foundation cracks because most homeowners don't go underneath their house. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been underneath my house, but I don't remember any foundation cracks, but it's been 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, but what we're, what we're finding now is um, I've noticed in the marketplace, there's more and more buyers that are doing other inspections too. And uh, no, we just had one where we did, they did a foundation and chimney inspection. Yeah. And that was a completely different inspector that showed up. And they'll charge, in, you know, anywhere between $200 and $300. Mm-hmm. And they'll go around and look at the foundation and give you an idea of how old it probably is. And, okay. And a lot of times they'll give a bid to bring it to current code. Got it. Okay. For the work. Yeah, for the work. Mm-hmm. It recommended work. And then the same thing with chimney. And this is, a, this is an issue that we have in Pasadena. Most of the housing stock was built before World War II. Yeah. Most of the chimneys are unreinforced masonry or they're unreinforced uh, uh, cobblestone or, you know, river rock. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, and, and what they'll do on a chimney inspection is they, they'll run a camera down and they'll look at it. Instead of a guy going down into the... <laughs> the old days of a chimney sweep and a little guy in there that I don't, I've never seen that before. I guess they have that in the movies, but they don't do that anymore. They throw a camera in there. Oh, okay. And, and, and also they, and on chimneys, this is kind of interesting. They'll, they can do a small, uh, called a smoke test. And on the top of the chimney, they'll actually, they'll cover it. They'll, they'll seal it. And then they throw a little smoke bomb in there. Ooh. And then they look to see where the smoke, if the smoke is coming out. Oh. And then they'll give you a recommendation of what they what you may want to consider doing. That sounds pretty neat. I feel like I'd want to see that actually. Yeah, but there's no sparkles or anything like that. It's oh, just it's not like fireworks or it anything. It might be like red or <laughs> pink or something. Maybe you get all, you know, I don't know. It's like a flare. <laughs> well, the other thing that they do too is sewer line inspections. And we just had this come Oh, up. yes. So it depends on where you're at. And it, some people don't have, some, some homes don't have sewer lines. It, it's not connected up to the, the public sewer. Yeah. And they have a septic tank or a cesspool. Mm-hmm. And those should be inspected too, usually. I mean, it's, it's really up to the, the prerogative of the buyer. Right. In our, the forms that we use in our office, it, it recommends that they do these things, but they don't always do it. Mm-hmm. It's up to them. But uh, sewer line inspection, we just had a, a situation where we were representing the seller for that property that the one that closed on Tuesday, yes. the one in Lock or Senna. Mm-hmm. And this property, they, the buyers decided to do an, a sewer line inspection, so they ran a, um, they ran a camera down the line. Yeah. Well, they found that between the private property and the street. That it moved that or it, something. It, it was shifted by two inches. Oh. Now, the pipe right there was six inches. So if it moved two inches, now you have a pipe that's really only four inches, but then it's 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 prone to being clogged. Yeah. And there are only two people that were living in the house for the, all these years. Actually, uh, three. They had their daughter that was living yeah. there, too. But they were. I think they were probably pretty fortunate that they never had a backup. But they never knew about it. Yeah. And so it's good. I guess it, if, if you're the buyer, it's good that they, they did an inspection. Yeah. So that was an $18,000 oh, fix. Oh, my goodness. Whew. Because you can't really go in there on the, on the public part. Yeah. And... See that. You have to tear it all apart. You have mm-hmm. to tear out the, the asphalt, which requires a, a special kind of permit, special kind oh, of insurance, special, wow. it's just an absolute mess. But what wound up happening on that transaction is uh, we were able to, to 
give what's called a credit. It was actually a credit towards the buyer's closing costs and a combination of that with a price reduction. Okay. And everybody was actually, I mean, obviously everybody was happy. Well, not everybody was happy, but <laughs> um, there wasn't, nobody was really happy, but nobody was really upset. Right. It's what happens sometimes. Yeah. That's but at least they all is. know about it. Mm -hmm. And so I, we, we were able to negotiate it from 18000 to around 8500 Got it. And then wow. we gave, then um, the seller decided to, uh, the buyer needed $4,500 towards their closing costs. Okay. This is a big purchase. This is over 700000 Yeah. And we also did a price reduction, so we were able to make it happen. So, nice. But that's a sewer line inspection. So on that property, actually, they did a foundation inspection. I don't know if you remember seeing that in the file. They did a yeah. foundation mm -hmm. inspection with the chimney because it's usually the same kind of contractor. Okay. We did a sewer line and then a general inspection. Yeah. And all of these reports, I mean, you printed them up. Oh, they're huge. What is it? Um, 200 pages total? Total, all of the inspections? Yeah. Because each one can, can be anywhere from 30 to 60. I think one of them was like 70 pages. And if I remember right on this transaction, they spent about $1,000 total of the, the buyer did. Wow. It's probably the best $1,000 they've ever spent too. Well, it makes them aware. Now they're exactly. aware. Mm -hmm. Now there's other inspections they can do. I mean, there's, you can call an air conditioning contractor and have an air conditioning contractor go out and inspect it. Your, the, the, the system. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different, we've had, let me think here. We only we had one transaction where they had five different inspections, and five. Daniel Daniel was with me in this in South Pasadena. Remember the house? <laughs> he shakes his head. <laughs> his head's like, lift your head up. It's not that bad. It's over. It was two years ago. Come on. Get over it. It's okay yeah. now. <laughs> they did a general inspection. It had a pool, so they did a pool inspection. They had a roof inspection, which is basically a bid from a their oh. buddy who was, who was the roofer okay. trying to negotiate the price down. Foundation general. They may, maybe they did more. I can't remember. They did a chimney. They did. I think they had, they did an electrical one too. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a little <gasps> bit, it was a little bit overwhelming, but you know, that's the, the buyer that, wants that's to do the buyer it. Wants to that's, do? It's relative. I, it's reasonable. Yeah. So, and the contracts oh, wow. that we use say that they can do it. So yeah. as long as they do it in, the, in, in that time period, mm -hmm. that's fine. Yeah. You can't really, I'm not aware of being able to stop them no. unless they're not buying it. If they're not in contract. Yeah. So this is the other thing that I want to touch on. And I think it's very, very important. You know, in Pasadena, the mm -hmm. average house, house is built between the turn of the century up to 1930. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've had transactions where people come up from like Orange County and Orange County is newer construction. Right. And they'll have a friend who is an inspector that inspects new construction all the time, every day, newer construction, I should say, from the 70s. Okay. And the building codes from the 70s is completely different than it from, was from the turn of the century. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay? So they'll send an inspector to Pasadena and all of a sudden the inspector starts telling everybody. <gasps> and it's true that everything's out of code. Well, yeah. But it's grandfathered in effectively. Yeah. But it'll start saying all these things. And you just, I think it's just as you're, if you're a buyer or even a seller and maybe you're having this issue, mm -hmm. is kind of figure out who the inspector is because they just may not be experienced with older homes. Yeah. Now, I think it would be fine if you have an inspector that's used to older homes do an inspection on a newer home. Yeah. But I would. The other way around. I would recommend, though, if you're going to have somebody inspect a house that's older 
use an inspector that is familiar, familiar. with that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And the same thing with new construction. Now, we talked about this on another show. New construction. You should absolutely have an inspection done on new construction. Okay. Absolutely. Just because it's new doesn't mean it was done right. <gasps> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people don't do it. Maybe because the builder has to warrant the construction. I don't know why people wouldn't do it. I don't. Maybe they just think it's already kind of expensive because new construction sells at a premium and they don't want to spend an extra $350. Oh, wow. But it'd be good to know if something was not installed right or windows are crooked. Yeah. Um, there's a million things that could really go wrong on new construction. That's true. We had a, I'll tell you a funny story. It's not really a funny story. We sold a historic home in Altadena and it was part of a ranch and it was, this house was a carriage house and it had, um, the living quarters were on the second floor. The first floor was basically, the, it was a stable Oh. for horses. Oh, wow. It was a barn, basically. Okay. And up above, it was a, it was a, there was a kitchen and uh -huh. there was a bedroom and a bathroom. And that's basically it. And oh. to get to it, you, have, you had to go upstairs on the exterior of the house, of okay. course, because you don't really, you know. Yeah, you go going in from the, going from from the barn. <laughs> now, over time, this got converted over. And what they did was they put the kitchen downstairs. Okay. And there's a living room downstairs. Uh -huh. And they put a bathroom downstairs also. But so now it's, it's been, it, it was built in 19, if I remember right, 19, 1914. Very cool place. The buyers that were buying it were from Orange County. Uh-oh. <laughs> the inspector that came over, uh, this is just amazing. The inspector scared the buyers and <gasps> said that the rails around uh, the stairway and, and, and the... Um, the landing up above to uh -huh. get in, in and out because they, I don't know why over the years, even though they converted the stable down below into living space, they didn't uh, put a stairway down there, Uh oh. but the rails were all 30 inches high and the code is 39 inches. So they got kind of freaked out uh -oh. and those buyers went away and he said it had to be done and uh, it didn't have to be done because here it is, you know, yeah. at this day and age and we, there's no requirement that you bring it up to code, but anyways, he scared. He scared them off. So oh this is no! The importance of this. So, I think we're going to go to our last break. Okay, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. You know what? I think we just missed that call during the break. Yeah. I didn't. I so am. I hope they call back. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, I think we were still in the inspection process part of the question. Yeah, I finished it up. You know, one of the things that I, I get asked about is pre-inspection. We're thinking about selling our house, Mike. Should we get an inspector? Okay. Um, I think it's, a, it's generally a good idea. However, at least in California... If you have a, an inspector come and give you a report on your house, and even if you fix it, fix all the little things that they mm -hmm. say, I think every attorney in the world that's listening right now would say you have to disclose that report, no matter if you fixed it or not. Right. So the buyer that's going to buy the property is going to have their, their own, own inspection. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden there's going to be two inspections. Yeah. And I don't know. It's generally not that ver not a very good idea. What I do recommend people 
sellers do is hire somebody, or not hire, but if they hire me as a real estate agent, mm-hmm. I'll actually go through the house and I'll point out things that they might want to consider. Gotcha. And in, city okay. of, in the city of Pasadena, you know about this, we have to go through what's called a city of, city, city of, Pasadena, city of Pasadena code compliance occupancy inspection. Yeah. Code compliance inspector has to inspect the property to sell the house. Right. And they give us a big report and they're looking for permit, uh, expired permits, unpermitted additions. They're looking for health and safety issues. They're looking for faulty wiring. They're looking for, um, there's a million, they go yeah. through and they usually test all the plugs yeah. to see if they're, they're wired mm-hmm. and they're, the polarity is correct. A good real estate agent ought to be able to go through the house and tell you what the city inspector is going to probably find and or the general inspector yeah that's going to find makes sense so uh, you should ask your real estate agent to go through the house and give you a hit list yeah it'll take 20 15 20 minutes it may cost you a few hundred bucks to do all these little things but you may as well do it yeah so true so that's 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 my opinion on the pre-inspection but a full-blown inspection is still a it's it's a good idea if you're okay with this, you know, you're going to have to disclose it oh, yes. up front oh, yeah. to the new buyer. Definitely. So. Okay. Oh, you know oh. what? You didn't answer the other part of the question. Oh, my gosh. All this talking, I didn't answer your question? Did not answer the question. What's the question? Uh, what are the many <laughs> renegotiation strategies available? Okay, well, if you're a buyer, okay. if you're a buyer and you, um, I think if you're acting in good faith mm-hmm. and you really didn't know about maybe a foundation issue or a chimney issue or something like right. that. It, no matter what your agent says, if you have a if you have a contract and you have you're in your contingency period, mm-hmm. if you haven't waived any of that, it you can always ask for um, you can ask the seller to fix something, you can ask the seller to drop the price, you can ask the seller to give you a credit, you can ask them for a combination of the three. The seller doesn't have to say yes, but you can ask for it. But you can ask, mm-hmm. and if they say no, if they don't want to do it, right. Well, chances are you have to ask your real estate agent or your attorney, uh-huh. but you could probably back out of the transaction. And typically, you're not going to get your inspection fee back. The inspector is right. going to get paid no matter yeah, what. Exactly. If you've already done the appraisal, you're not going to get the appraisal feedback because yeah. the appraisers don't know this work. Mm-hmm. But generally, at, generally, <laughs> it all depends because <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't give you a legal opinion on every contract. Generally, you can back out of a, a contract. And get your money back, your deposit, your good faith money back. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, this is the thing, too. It's all about timing. It all depends. But it's better to do all that earlier than later. Yeah. And we've had transactions where a buyer has done all their inspections and we don't hear from them. And then two days before we're supposed to close escrow, they start asking for things. It's like, it's wait like, a minute. Wait, wait. Um, there's a reason why we had these contingency periods. Yeah. And the periods expired. Yeah. And... So it's, you know, I think I want to go back to the number one thing that kills real estate deals is no communication. Right. And a lot of times it's realtors not communicating, or maybe it's the realtor, somebody who's just sitting back. Yeah. Thinking that's, it's just going to happen. It's just going to close. And they don't maybe tell their clients, Hey, you have a certain amount of time to do this or that. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. So again, Pick your realtor carefully and use somebody who does this a lot. It's yeah. highly recommended. That's 
it, this happens all the time. We have a transaction going on right now. We have that house in La Puente that we're selling. Yes. Uh-huh. Perfect example. This happened this morning. There was, we have a whole bunch of offers that came in on the property. Yes. And one of the buyers is not my buyer. He's being represented by another realtor. Uh-huh. He called me and say, said that he wants to submit a higher offer. Now, my client, the seller, hasn't accepted any of the offers yet. Right. They're looking. Um, there's other issues going on, but they haven't been able to um, accept any offer or, or do a counteroffer. Right. He told me that his realtor told him that once you write an offer that you can't pull it back and you can't resubmit. What? So he called me and I said, you know, I'm not your real estate agent. If you were <laughs> my client, I mean, I would never say anything like that. That's, it's just yeah. wrong. Um, so what I did was I actually called his real estate agent and I didn't say anything about his client calling me, but I encouraged him. I said, I just want you to know that we haven't accepted any offers. I know we have a lot of offers, Yeah. but I want to encourage you if your client wants to resubmit, please do so. Oh, now. got it. And he said, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And he said, he said, I'm going to email you through this other guy's email. And I said, well, don't you have your own email? And he goes, no, I'm a brand, new, I'm a brand new agent and I'm working with another agent to learn the business. Oh. So he's using that other agent's email. Uh-oh. So there you go. <laughs> so there's a rookie agent that tells somebody that you can't resubmit an offer. Oh, no. And this guy's, he wants to buy this house for his family. My job, I'm, I'm going to, I encourage people writing offers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But anyways, so. Oh, wow. Kind of scary, isn't it? That is. Well, they did. It's too bad. Them. But, you know, I, I hate to say this, but at the end of the day, you know, if, if you choose a bad doctor and you get a bad result, you know, I don't know, part of the blame is yours. Yeah. You should have checked them out. Do your research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same with a real estate agent. You know, everybody thinks that we push the same buttons and the same end result happens. No. Oh, you know, no. You've been in this business long enough and you managed a very large brokerage in yeah. town. That's mm -hmm. how we met. Yes. You manage over 100 agents. Oh, yes. And trust me, they're not all the that? same. No, that? not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of scary. I'm like, oh, okay. Scary. It wow. is. I know. It is a little scary. Okay. It's too bad. All right, what's the next question? Next question. Uh, what is active versus passive contingency removal? Okay, so I put this on my website. So it's a bit of a gotcha question, and I'm not sure what they call it in other states, but in California, we, there's two different kinds of, two different ways of removing your contingencies. In the old contract, basically, if your agent can't explain this, uh, I think you should call another agent. But there's... The, the passive way of removing contingencies, which we don't have in our standard contract anymore, mm -hmm. the idea is that if you had 15 days to remove all your contingencies and you go to sleep on the night of the 15th and you wake up the 16th and all you did was wake up, you've actually removed your contingencies yeah. because the time period has gone by. Right. And I guess the California Association of Realtors didn't think that was, I could see the, the problems that they had with that. So they went to a contract that says that you have to actively remove your contingencies, with basic, which basically means that you, as a buyer, you actually have to sign a sign form up, yeah. mm -hmm. that says, I hereby remove all my contingencies or such and such yeah. contingency. And then you have to send it over and then it has to be confirmed. And it's just, but um, that's a gotcha question. And 
I think it's okay to give a gotcha question. If yeah. your real estate agent can't answer that, first of all, you know they've been in the business for less than five years because yeah, this, the it. contract was changed yeah, about years. five years yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. okay. And the other thing is that they just don't understand it. Um, imagine what it's going to be like when you're in the transaction oh, no. and they don't understand how to get you out or what you've done. It's oh. a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> we have that one transaction right now, the big house, the one for $1.1 million. Mm -hmm. And the agent, she's been around for a long time, but she actually doesn't understand. <gasps> yeah. You know, we talked about this. Yes. She thought that we were still using a passive method of contingency oh, removal. Oh, no. And we're using active. And I can go on and on and on about all of this. I'm not going to. But it was just kind of, it was a little, it was a little uh, disturbing. Yes. That she didn't understand. And she was going on and on about how we had to do certain thing. And I said, well, that's not even in the contract. It's been out of the contract for, for five years. And the contract we're using is the latest contract. So, but we got it all settled. Yes. She's nice yeah. lady and everything. Okay, yeah. next question. Uh, let's see. What are liquidated damages and what is an arbitration clause? Uh, liquidated damages, call an attorney. Arbitration clause. <laughs> <laughs> Read it. It's all in bold letters. Yeah. All in, in all the parties have to agree to it. This is in, in California and most of our contracts, except for probate contracts, there is a liquidated damages and arbitration clause yeah. in there. Um, next question. Okay. Sorry. It's just, uh, that's a, please that's a explain question. specifically how title insurance works in title. a worst case scenario. Last, I think it was last year we did a whole show on title insurance. I recommend that you listen to the whole show. And we had uh, a representative from, uh, we had Eric Maurer. Oh, yeah. And that was fantastic. So I learned a lot. And uh, the question also talks about how, why you have to have two title insurance policies if, as a buyer if you're buying it with a loan. And that was interesting. And mm -hmm. that's, that's, in the, uh, that's in that segment. Got I think it. if you go to my archives yeah, on the there. website, it's it's probably pretty far down there. It's been 20, 30 shows ago or something like that. Yeah. Next question. Uh, do you know how a licensed appraiser will look at the market data? We're going to have an appraiser on the show, but I think we have a minute left on the show. So I don't know if we have enough time to talk about this, but um, it depends on what kind of an appraisal you're getting. If it's, yeah. But generally... Uh, most appraisers, general, most, most appraisals are going to have to conform to Fannie Mae requirements. Okay. And Fannie Mae is a quasi-government entity that buys pools of mortgages from Bank of America, Chase, all these. Other banks. And, they, mm -hmm. and there's a certain format and uh, parameters that they want to have met. Basically, they usually want to see six sales comps. Uh, generally, they'd like to have them in the last three to six months. Yeah. Generally, within 20, 30% of the square footage, but it depends. Yeah. It just depends. It depends on if it's land. Um, they can go back further than six months. Um, okay. You know, it's, it really all kind of depends. So I think our, we have a few f future shows coming up. We are going to nail down Ken Parsons. Yes. For, <laughs> we're going to talk about Keller Williams and why it's so different. And uh, they announced earlier this year that we have more agents in North America than any other company it was oh, wow. earlier this year was more agents in the United States than anybody uh -huh. else. We surpassed Cobalt Banker um, in Century 21 over the last two years. Awesome. In our office here, uh, we have 160 agents here. We have more agents in this office than any other office in Pasadena. I thought we were pushing like maybe 170 already. Maybe it's 170. Yeah, I think that's the last I heard. So anyways, well, 
Thank you, Abby. This was great. Well, thanks, Mike. So we will be back next week. The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.